Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. Hey guys, this is Bill uh, from, from Known Legacy. We're excited to uh, spend some time today. I'm in Nashville and hanging out with a friend of mine, Chad Matson from the band Unspoken. Chad, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. Sitting on our back patio talking about the Lord and wonderful things. I'm so happy to have you at my house and happy to be here on this podcast. We're loving, we're loving having you here. We're excited to have you here. And, uh, you know, I'd love our guys to hear your heart of where you start from. Cause I mean, when I met you 15, almost 15 years ago, I don't know exactly when, you know, numbers don't really matter. Um, if you listen to podcasts before this, you know, statistics are kind of made up so, sometimes. So anyways, somewhere in the 15 year range, I remember meeting you. It was in the very beginning of your, your music career, but tell us a little bit more about your, your past and where you, where you came from. Absolutely. I just did want to say one thing about the statistics. Yeah. Um, my wife always says, you know, where did you come up with that number? I said, oh, uh, I don't know. It sounds true. Um, but I had Paul Coleman. Do you remember Paul Coleman? Yes, I Paul do. Paul Coleman Trio. Yep. Had him over for dinner a little while ago, and he was saying some story. He's very hilarious and wonderful man <laughs> of God, seriously. But uh, he he came up with some statistic, and then he was like, you know, but then again, you know, 85% of statistics are made up. So um, that's my fun story about statistics. Well, it's funny because we actually used that statistic on here a couple of weeks ago. Talk that 85% of statistics are made up on the spot. It's perfect. So, it's perfect. It just speaks to our points. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, you know, I grew up in, in a Christian home, and, and I'm so grateful that my parents brought me to church and taught me about Jesus. And, um, you know, for all you out there listening, I think one of the wonderful things we have is is the Word of God to stand on. And in fact, Jesus said Himself, "Heaven and earth will pass away, but My words will remain forever." Mm. So we've got eternal words, eternal words, absolute truths here in God's um, in God's Word. And so it's so important to know it. Um, and so I say all of that because of Philippians one six, okay. and which is you know it. Um, God starts a work and he finishes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I look through the scriptures and I think to myself, there's nothing I see in the scriptures that God doesn't finish when he starts. He completes every work. He's not like us. He's not like us that go to, you know, paint our cap kitchen cabinets for our wives and it stays, you know, unfinished or never, you know, never gets completed or takes six years to do. You know, he finishes everything he starts. And so my encouragement to the listeners is if you've got wayward children, if you've got uh, kids who are lost or, or family members um, that once walked with Jesus but aren't now, yeah. um, God will finish the work he started. Uh, it takes time. Some of us get lost along the way, but the Lord never loses us. And so, you know, prayer and love. You know, Romans 2 says, um, that God's kindness brings repentance. Mm -hmm. And so um, I grew up in this Christian home, and my parents loved the Lord. I got saved when I was 12, and pretty much every altar call uh, since since then, until uh, I was about 20, 23, is <laughs> like every altar call is like, yes, Lord, help me. Um, but we're not going to debate theology here. Um, but the big thing is, is just that um, I knew I was a sinner, and I knew Jesus was... Um, 
you know, the one that could redeem me. I just had that belief yeah. since I was a young kid. But in my early 20s, um, I got into using drugs and selling drugs, and my life became just a disaster and a wreck. And um, God was working behind the scenes, and God was, again, f you know, finishing what he set out to do yeah. with me from the beginning, before I was even born. It's amazing to think about how all of us, you know, um, God knew um, before we were conceived, and he planned good things for us to do yeah. for his glory. Um, uh, through us and in us um, and so it's just awesome to to be a part of God's story here in my own life um, but it's um, got into using drugs okay my life was a wreck and my parents just beat me over the head with you're not doing the right stuff and it's like no duh you know I already know <laughs> yeah um, thanks yeah and then my mom read that verse you know Romans 2 and every time instead of telling me what to do um, every time I walked in the house, she just told me, hey, I love you, you know, making me breakfast, doing things, just loving the heck out of me. And That's it, cool. And it honestly wasn't six months before my life kind of started turning around. And and uh, so anyway, it's pretty, pretty neat to see how the kindness of God, you know, started to birth in me repentance. And and uh, long story short, I went on a trip to the Dominican Republic by myself. Um, to hang with some missionaries kind of as a last kind of Hail Mary as a football term, um, you know, to see if I could get my crap together, my life together, and uh, called up these missionaries. They said I could come. I went by myself and uh, went to La Vega, Dominican Republic, which is right in the center of the country, mm. and hung out with a missionary and, and read my Bible and prayed every day. And, and obviously, you know, we've got wonderful Romans 12, the book of Romans is just incredible anyway. Yeah, yeah, I've been yeah. reading through it um, recently. And uh, Romans 12 says, don't be conformed to the world, right? Don't be like everybody else, but be um, transformed by the renewing of your mind. New Living Translation says, let God change the way you think. So, you know, I realize this uh, as I'm getting older. It's not our job to change ourselves. It's simply our job to come into the presence of God on a daily basis and allow his spirit to change us. That's and it good. Take some wonderful pressure off of us. So while I was down in the Dominican Republic, I get saved, I hang out with the Lord, and um, God kind of birthed his passion for music. And while I was there, I met a guy from the Dominican Republic and um, who's a native. And after a couple months of being down there, um, we hooked up together. And, and my joke is that I brought him back to Maine with me as a real life souvenir. <laughs> um, and we traveled in an old Cadillac. Um, and, you know, played anywhere we possibly could, telling people about Jesus, using music as a tool to preach the gospel, and mm. 15 years later, here we are. That's awesome. That's quite the story. It's That's what you were asking, right? That's exactly what I was asking. Um, you know, I it's, it's kind of cool. I mean, you know, so what caused the trip to the DR, though? Because you said things were bad, and all of a sudden I decided to take a trip. Was there, like, a turning point, or did you just kind of wake up and were like, I'm done? Or was there a specific event, or was it a series of events? I think it was just, you know, the being tired of running from, from the truth. But at the same time with addiction, not being able to have it, mm. have no power over, over it um, in my own strength. And so um, it's funny, you know, when we're younger, we think that freedom is the choice to choose whatever we want to do. And, you know, I've found that 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 only makes us slaves to things that we can't control. 
Mm. You know, freedom is found as we begin to live out our our destiny as children of God, created to worship, created to to know Him and to be known, created for good works, like I said, you yeah, know, yeah, created yeah. to use our gifts to serve others. I mean, Jesus' whole life was about serving, and so. I just think that God was stirring inside of me, and and it, th- there is a crazy story about how uh, a gay um, doctor, white guy that was a Hindu, uh, pr- practiced Hinduism, uh, was a client of mine. Uh, my brother and I had a, a lawn business, okay, and uh, like mowing lawns and stuff. Because back in 1995, the minimum wage is 4.25, and I started working my first job. <laughs> For four twenty-five, so I'd be working a whole day for forty bucks, and I thought to myself, "There's got to be a way to make more money than this." And so we started mowing lawns, and and you made five twenty-five. No, no, we, I made ten bucks an hour, and wow. at the end of the summer we split the profits. But, um, but it was great, and it taught us so many wonderful life lessons. I got to work with my brother, and my dad still owns the the, the business today. But, uh, but this lawn client, um, uh asked us to come look at his jo- look at his house and so we did and end up I became kind of friends with him and was bartending you know house parties for them and uh it's kind of a middle-aged guy and um take him to the airport he did a lot of humanitarian and humanitarian humanitarian um work overseas and stuff and so I told him that I was thinking about maybe doing a trip and and he said, hey, if you do it, I'll come up with half of your plane ticket and give you 500 bucks to invest in the community. And so um, what I find there is just incredible because even the wealth of the wicked, Bible talks about, will provide, you know, the things that God wants. To yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of neat um, to see that, you know, a non-believer, different religion, that's the, that's the guy that the Lord used to push me, to give me, because I was in debt, drug debt, and all these other yeah. things. I didn't have any money at the time, and uh, and so that was kind of the catalyst that got me to like take the the thought of going on a trip and make it a reality. Yeah. And I followed up with him. He's since passed away, but I followed up with him several times, mm. just giving him, leaving him voicemails at his summer house, and uh, telling him along, long every couple years, saying, "Hey, we're doing this, we're doing that," and I'm just saying, "Man." How awesome is it that the Lord has, has used this guy and and changed my life? And it just goes to show me that, you know, that when we invest in somebody, um, you know, we don't know the everlasting uh, effects that it can have. And then when it's done in Jesus' name is even crazier things can be done. So super neat. That's how kind of the Dominican story it was just random. The missionary came, preached at our church. My brother brought me home a business card. That's kind of how that all started. But wow. yeah, wow, I love it because I feel like sometimes we have a pattern that we think is going to happen. I think being willing to trust that that we don't have the answer, but that that God is in control of this. And I, and I love that He throws curveballs like that. Like I'm going to use someone that is completely the opposite of who you think would be supportive of what you are doing in God. God uses it. I just feel like God can do whatever he wants whenever he wants to. And I love the beauty of that. Awesome. Um, so so, I, so a couple of things jumped up in my mind as I'm, I'm thinking about this. You know, some of our listeners are parents who've child, whose children are older and not walking with the Lord. And I would love you to speak to them right now. You mentioned something at the very beginning. You talked about Philippians 1.6 and your, your mother, who I've met. She's an amazing woman. And uh, I know she loves the Lord. Um, but 
what would you say to parents right now who feel defeated when they see their kids and they feel like they've failed when, when even the belief of what we talk about here is that they haven't failed, but what would you say to them right now? What would you share with them? I would say, I guess, you know, everything has to come through the lens of who God is, mm. you know, and God is love. God is a finisher. God is, is, you know, wishes that none of us would perish. God, you know, as I'm learning in my own life now, um, just seeing, you know, the, the, the lengths and the depths that he's gone to get to us. And I was even thinking about the prodigal son and it's like, mm-hmm. here you've got, uh, and this speaks specifically to this. I'm not saying it's theologically correct cause I haven't looked it up, but the idea that the son, that the prodigal was in the family already. It's not like yep. he wasn't in the family. He was in the family, chose to walk away from the family. And yet the father still welcomed him back in. So I feel like for us who've grown up in the church, who've gotten saved, you know, and then somehow we get, you know, kind of lured by uh, the things of this world. Like it's that's exactly the picture that God was painting in the prodigal. Yeah. You know, and at the same time, it's really the story of the two lost sons Mm because the son at home has no relationship with his dad and has no idea who he is and 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 all of this and so the son that's at home is just as lost as the son that's acting a fool yeah um, and uh, and how intimacy is really what what makes our lives thrive in in with the Lord mm-hmm. and in our relationship with our wives and our kids and all of that too yeah, so yeah, yeah. I guess my my whole point in all of it is that God will finish the work he started. And to know that and to know and stand on the truths and to know that, you know, we have Jesus talking about, you know, even a, a good dad wouldn't give his son a stone if he asked for a loaf of bread. Um, and in the same way, God loves us and our children way more than we could ever even begin to fathom. And yeah. so when you put that into context and just, you know, use your your the struggles that we go through and the things that our kids go through as just reasons to praise because God's already set it all in motion. It's already there. He already knows the end result. Mm. He's already set forth, you know, the deliverance from those addicted, you know, all of that. And of course, I'm not trying to name it, claim it. I'm just saying it's true. He's big. He's awesome. And he's full of love and grace and kindness. So um, the big thing is just that, that um, we have to know who he is. And when we know who he is, see what happens though, is when, when fear gets involved, okay, we're yeah. fearful of our kids acting a fool and, and ruining their lives and all that. Well, then that causes us to be desperate Yeah. in our desperation, you know, in our desperation, we can question everything we know to be true about God. Mm. And a perfect example of that is John the Baptist. Yeah. And I'm not going to go through the whole story, but here's a guy that was prophesied to be a voice in the wilderness. And from the moment he was conceived, uh, before he was conceived, an angel spoke to his father in the Holy of Holies in the temple in Jerusalem. And, and the father went mute because he didn't believe the... There's all these supernatural things that happen. And he baptizes Jesus and a dove comes down from yep. heaven and he hears the audible voice of God. And, and later he sees Jesus walking and says, there's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. But then he ends up in prison and he says to his disciples, John the Baptist's disciples, he says, go ask Jesus if he's really the Messiah, if we should be expecting somebody else. Yeah. See, our desperation can cause us to question everything we know to be absolutely true. Yeah. And so you're not alone in that. And I'm not alone in that. And there's so many wonderful 
things that come from knowing that you're not the only one going through something. So it's totally normal to question John the Baptist was the greatest of all prophets yeah, um, yeah, yeah. until Jesus came. And even he questioned what he already knew to be absolute because his situation looked grim. I mean, he actually saw he saw the spirit descend like a dove and he heard it. He heard the voice of God. Yes. Yet he still questioned. He still how can we say how how did he question? So I guess my point is, is that our desperate situation can lead us to question the things that we know to be true about God. Yeah. And the fact is, God, the things that are true are just true, straight up, and that God's got it covered. And don't let fear lead to desperation because that normally pushes the people that we love away. Yeah. So let yeah. the kindness and love of God That's um, good. You know, flow through us into our, our loved ones' lives. And, and again, Romans 2 says that that brings repentance. I love it because I feel like one of the things that we keep seeing is people want to cast truth on people, but they forget that there's this element of love that people need to see. You you really can't fight with love. And I love that, that, that as we, that even parents who feel desperate right now to know that the, the greatest hope that you can do is continue to love your kids. And love doesn't just mean accept what they're doing. Love means love them, being willing to die for them regardless. Uh, you know, I love that you talked about the prodigal the prodigal son and the father who, who every day was expectantly waiting for his son. That's why he saw him coming from afar. He wasn't, he wasn't waiting for him to knock on the door. He was ready to run to him at a moment's notice. And I love that, 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 that the bigger part of him was not, I'm ready to teach my son a lesson or prove to him that he was wrong, but he was like, I'm ready to accept him back again and just run into his arms and just hug him and say, stop, stop with your plan to tell me what you're going to say, but really, I want to love you. And I want to show you how valuable you are to me. Totally. I think like one of the greatest examples of kind of these desperate situations that we go through and and all of this is Abraham. And I was reading this verse the other day and I sent it to a couple of friends of mine that are going through a hard time. And mm. it's, it's in it's in Romans again, uh, 4, 18 through 22. I'm just going to read it because yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. I think it's wonderful. It inspired me and it encouraged me to continue to persevere. Yeah. Book of James says without perseverance, we can't become like Jesus. So that these testings and, and these trials and all the things that we go through, God, I'm not saying, I don't think that God causes them, but for whatever reason, if he's in control of all things, yes, he allows things to happen or he's over them. Um, and I do think one of the things that I've had to learn that um, if, it, if it's set out to steal, kill, or destroy, that's not God. John 10. Right. Yeah. But if it's set out to, to show us the way to lead us in love, to, 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 to be light, um, if it's patience and kindness, that, that's God. Yeah. So I think we look at life, and we talked a little bit about why bad things happen to good people yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, earlier today. And, and I think we, we can't put that on God. Yeah. You know, even as like a, a child, a child passes away or something, us as believers, we want to give an answer or rhyme to the reason or whatever. And we say, well, hey, maybe the Lord wanted to take him home early. I don't believe that if it's kill, steal or destroy. That's not the Lord, yeah. you know, and and that's not God's plan for us. But God uses all things for good. You know, Romans eight twenty eight, and and he takes the, the crappy situation that we go through and he and he he makes something and can make something beautiful from it. It doesn't go to waste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but here's this verse. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you'll have. 
And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and this, in this it brought God glory. He was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he promised, and because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And so that's, the, that's where we need to stand as believers, saying yeah. that you know, he was f- to be fully convinced that God will accomplish what he promised us. And to not let, you know, and remember, Abraham was, you know, not only old, but it was big time in between. And then he tried to make things happen on his own in, in one way. And, and that kind of didn't work out. But that he believed God anyway. We need to believe the Lord's word to be true over our lives in every way, shape, and form. And allow that to speak louder than, than all the other voices that, that are speaking into our lives you know, certainly caused by desperation and who, what more desperation can you feel than when your kids are not walking with the Lord yeah, I mean, you're yeah, desperate yeah. and it's, it's a good thing to be passionate but it's but to remember that God is able and will do what he's what he promised to do he will finish the work he started I love it I love it and you know it's funny because I was just reading yesterday about this story and as I was reading it there was a 10-year gap between the time when God told Abram that he would have these kids and when he messed up with 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 uh with his Hagar. wife's handmaid yeah. yeah and I'm going it was 10 years there it wasn't like and two months later or a week later and I think one thing that I would encourage those listening is even now in the midst of what you feel like God might have been saying to you hang on God is still faithful the given is he's for you the given is you're his kid if you're a child of God you know if you have a relationship with God through 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 Jesus Christ, you're his kid. He's always going to be for you. He is stupid in love with you. That's the biggest thing that we talk about. He's stupid in love with you. So so hang on, hang in there. Just like you said, Philippians one six. Yeah. God's gonna God's gonna finish what he started. And so to keep holding on, and I guess, you know, even as I'm as I'm reading that, I think there was a twenty five year gap to the time that he actually had his son. So you're going 25 years, and we're worried sometimes about six months. So hang on there. Hang in there. So I guess I, you know, as even as we're closing up this, I would say, you know, if you, again, anything you want to share, but just this question comes up is what would you say to those feeling like the Lord's directing them to something? You know, because I know that in the midst of your music, you've probably had, it's just ebb and flowed with, should I leave this? Should I not? You know, the hardships, the trials. But what would you say to someone who goes, man, I know God's directing me this way, but I just feel like I want to quit sometimes. What kind of wisdom would you share with someone? I mean, this is super hard. I think one of the things that we do is is try to be on the same page with our spouses mm. um, in regards to that. And obviously the Proverbs talks about there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. Yeah. And so whenever I'm facing these things, I'm calling you, I'm calling um, friends of mine and mentors and all these yeah. pastors and stuff and, and talking through and walking through these situations. But, um, you know, I always love to look up the definitions of words because we yeah. know what they mean, but sometimes to see the actual definition kind of gives us a little bit more insight. Yeah. But perseverance is simply defined uh, by Webster as steadfastness in doing something despite difficulty or delay. 
mm. in achieving success. And obviously, synonyms are persistence, tenacity, determination. And, you know, so it's like, it's just staying the course. It's, it's staying faithful to wherever God is leading you. And if he's leading you to break, break. You know, one thing that I have learned here is that there is no, I don't think there's one like right path or one quote unquote calling for our lives. You know, I think growing up in the church, you hear about like, you don't want to miss your calling and all these other things. And it's like, I don't really think that's, that's the case. Yeah. Um, I think that God has placed in us as a good father specific passions and gifts. And as we um, follow those passions and gifts along with the spirit, along with, you know, walking with with life with other people, um, then then God, you know, is is in all of that. It's not one thing he's he's, you know, destined us to accomplish. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm kind of having a battle with the word calling anyway yeah and so i'm you're, you're talking about passions and you're talking about you know staying on course it's like you know obviously god's spirit specifically can tell us things but most times we see a leading of his spirit I- inside of us and there's we want an answer but there's there's no necessarily there's not necessarily always a one answer yeah. It's it's following the passions that God himself, you wouldn't have the passions if God didn't put them in you. Yeah. And so if you feel passionate about staying in what you're doing and you're on board with your wife and you know all these other things or your husband, um, then stay, stay with it. And if you feel like, all right, well, maybe it's time for a change and maybe I have another passion, another gifting or skill set, then I think God's fine with you. Chase that. Yeah. Um, now, again, Book of James talks about don't say you're going to go set up by the sea and you know, unless God wills it. But for all of us who are believers, we want the will of God and God knows that. Yeah. You know, we're not going to go miss it big if we're chasing after the will of God. And we've done, you know, we have using our community for, for our benefit with, you know, the, the wisdom and the counsel and all these other things. So it's, it's stay on course. Keep, you know, I think our calling is, is all the same. I think the, the right calling is, you know, to be holy, but really it's, it's, to love God and love others. We can do that doing anything. Yeah. So what drives us? What's, what are we passionate about? Those are the things we need to chase and, and, and stay in. And, and I just don't think I thought of my own life as being more like Jonah where God, you know, this music thing was the only thing I could do. And if I didn't do it, God was going to throw me off the boat. My life was going to go to, to crap. And I'm seeing more now that um, there are times like that, but most times God is a father that wants to support his children yeah. um, in what they're passionate about. It's exactly like us and our kids. Our kids are passionate about stuff, you know, and our job is to either come behind them and support them in their passions, you know, our wives as well, or, um, or it's to, what, dictate what their passions should be. That doesn't seem like, you know, that doesn't seem like the right father. There's no, there's no relationship in that. Yeah. Right. So I think, and the big thing is you can't lose. Yeah. You can't lose because if you go down a different road, God, the destination, God's already set into place. Yeah. So some of us may go this way. Some of us may go that way, but God will direct our steps. You know, even when David said a light, your word is a light into my path, you know, a lamp into yeah. my feet, a light into my path. And it's like back in the day, they didn't have LED lights. It was a little lamp with like fire, lamp. Yep. and it was literally one step. 
Yeah. You know, we want a flood lamp to, to light up our whole path. And God just says, trust me, walk with me, know that I love you, know that I'm for you. And one of the greatest things that always inspires me big time is this quote from Mother Teresa. You've probably heard it. But a guy travels from halfway across the world to get Mother Teresa to pray for him. And he finally reaches India or wherever she is. And she asks him, you know, what can I pray for you? And he said, clarity. I need clarity so badly. And she said, no, I'm not going to pray that for you. Um, you don't need clarity. And she said, what I'm going to pray for you is trust. And when I hear that, it blows my mind because trust is all about the relationship. Yep. When you know somebody and they're trustworthy, you know that they got you. You know, clarity is is us trying to be the controller, is us trying to, to have the foresight to see what we're going to be walking into. Yeah. Trust is knowing that with you when you're walking with the Lord, it don't matter where, what step, you know, where he has you. He's with you. He loves you. He's for you. And it's it's so awesome. I mean, I'm, that's why I spent my whole life trying to tell people about Jesus, because it's he's such a wonderful friend. Not only friend, not only God, but but a, but a friend, a father. You know, he's everything we we ever need is always found in him. And uh, why wouldn't we tell the whole world about it? Love it. This is good stuff. Find a group of friends, connect with people that you respect to speak truth into your life. Run to the Word of God. Run to His truth. Know that He loves you. Know that He's for you. Love it, Chad. Thank you so much. You know, before we go, I want to make sure that you all know uh, you, you have a new song out. I do. And it's called? Just Give Me Jesus. Just Give Me Jesus. It's a great song. You're going to love it. We're gonna, we want to put the link. We'll put, we'll put the link in our videos at least so you guys know where they are. Um, but you can get your music, obviously, on iTunes and all the, all the music That's spots. That's right. Spotify. Yep. You probably can't get it on CD because no one makes those anymore. They don't even make those things anymore. But I'm hoping to bring cassette tapes back. Bring them back. Eight tracks. Yeah, it's fun to rewind and fast forward. You know, it takes a lot of time. It builds perseverance and, and patience <laughs> right there, so it's beautiful. You used to record by pressing play and record at the same time. You get your radio song. Absolutely. You don't have to do that anymore. It's amazing. Check out their music. Uh, you can go to... Unspokenmusic.com. Uh, and Unspoken Music is our handle on all social media um, places as well but much love to everybody out there remember the lord's for you he's with you you can't lose you can't lose any it's wonderful and i'm learning this more and it gives me so much freedom to live mm. my life and know that i love the lord i want god's will and i'm not i can't lose at it because even hardships he uses for his glory and and in the good times he's there in the bad times it's it's so awesome i'm so grateful to be part of his family and to be here with you tonight i love it thanks for your time man y'all have a wonderful day god bless you guys bye-bye thanks for listening to by dads for dads on the known legacy podcast look for us on social media under known legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected for booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.